0: ESPN 94.1 FM at AF930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now, never FDIC. It is Thursday, July 23rd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. We got a lot to get into today. It's It's been a very full Sports Day so far as we get closer to actual having baseball back in its full form, its final form, as we begin tonight. And already, we've got a COVID-19 positive test, Washington Nationals outfielder Juan Soto testing positive for the coronavirus. He's going to miss Thursday night's season opener here against the Yankees. We're going to have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. That's coming up tonight. Airtime is 6 o'clock with our pregame, and you can stay right here and tune in to that. Baseball back opening night, opening once again for Major League Baseball, and, of course, we'll get right into it the following day. We'll have Pirates baseball for the remainder of the season and all that's coming up. But back to what happened here with the Nationals. and He was asymptomatic, and it's been deemed no one else on the roster is ineligible to play because of their contact tracing. I'm trying to figure that out. Wait a minute here. Are you telling me that you think it's good? You think everyone's okay with – a positive test on your team. Wouldn't you have tested everyone as fast as you could? I don't know what their protocol is. I don't know what their contact tracing revealed, but I'd be a little concerned at the same time. Baseball's going on. We're going to see what happens. And maybe this is going to be an outlier, or maybe this is going to be the beginning of what is going to happen here throughout the season. One player comes up positive. And, again, you're not really seeing a bubble city like you are with, the NBA, the NHL, pro football is going to be watching this closely to see how it's done, see if Major League Baseball did things right, did things wrong. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be watching this to figure it out. And, of course, it, it all comes back to uh, maybe we could have got this done sooner with proper social distancing and masks to help mitigate the the pandemic, but unfortunately this is where we're at right now. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be the first of many cases in Major League Baseball, or again, this could be an outlier. Whatever the case may be, we do have baseball, and it's coming up tonight. Airtime for the radio broadcast begins at 6 o'clock here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, on the other front, when it comes to baseball, uh, there are media reports out right now that Major League Baseball and the Players Association have reportedly agreed to an expanded 16-team postseason for the 2020 season. This is pending ratification. All first-round matchups will be three-game series. So instead of the wild card, I I was always interested in it because, okay, you're getting one game. You got to be the best team on that night. You might not be the best team, but you've got to be the best team on that night. Now, three game series, you know, you get a little bit more room for era. You can you can lose one, still win the series if it's a three-game series. TV money, this is what we're looking for here. We're looking for expanded playoffs because we're looking for television revenue. We're looking for more media opportunities here. And Major League Baseball, of course, looking to expand the portfolio as much as possible. And here, think about it. If they can pull this off, maybe we go back to the players next year and we say, look, hey, it was cool. Let's do it again. These are things that there could be some permanent alterations to the baseball format. Is 16 teams, though. 16 teams. Now, 16 is the magic number because you look at NBA, you look at hockey, 16 teams. That's the magic number. Eight on each side. Everybody gets in that should get in. Now, of course, you have more divisions in baseball, basketball. I mean, it just, somebody's always going to feel like, well, wait a minute, I should have got in as well. But at least here with the way the playoffs are, more teams get an opportunity. But I don't know if I, I kind of like the old way a little bit, just a little bit. But at the same time, baseball cannot be baseball a hundred and some years ago. It has to be what it needed to be now because, let's be honest, uh, baseball players get paid a lot of money, but baseball is not necessarily our number one go-to sport. It's not the sport that we all go to first. Now, we are here when it comes to actually watching sports that we care about. And with all respect to, to soccer, you have lots of soccer tournaments going on. I think more American sports fans are going to be more excited for the return of baseball, followed by hockey and the NHL, and we're still trying to figure out what's going to go on with college football. We're going to get into that later because uh, tomorrow is going to be a very important day, I think, when it comes to what we might see happen over the next few weeks when it comes to college athletics. Speaking of football, Effective immediately, Washington, the team formerly known as the Redskins, will call itself the Washington football team. Now, they're still looking for their new name. Um, This is going to be a temporary game. This is a temporary name. It's, It's going to be basically a placeholder because they weren't ready. They got caught with their pants down. They were a franchise that, had ample time to prepare for the next move, a franchise that had ample time to look at this, study this, have some possibilities happen, but at the end of the day, the Washington Redskins' hand was forced as an organization when the sponsors started looking at this and saying, look, um, we're not going to put money into this. And, th- and that's that's what made the change happen, money not you, not groups that were opposed to the name. Nothing had anything to do with this name change except for money. And so I think the ownership, I think the organization sort of caught with their, it's it's of their own doing. They were caught with their pants down. It's of their own doing. And so there's not a, a name that's out there or a uh, an idea that, they have already had in the cooker for a while, ready to go. No, instead, they're going to go with Washington Football Team. It sounds like a soccer team, which you know, and that's actually, if you look at so many of the soccer teams that are in America, mimicking the European con, uh, you know, their European um, counterparts. Think of it this way what's the most important part of the franchise is it the mascot or the city so like for example cincinnati fc it's cincinnati football club okay but you're you're a fan of cincinnati you're not a fan of the bengals or the reds you're not a fan uh, you're a fan of the city maybe washington football team maybe that'll be the way to go i mean it's it's generic But is it more generic than, say, Cincinnati Football Club, Cincinnati FC? Um, They could be uh, Washington FT. Uh, It doesn't have the same ring. It sure doesn't. So this is not the final renaming and the rebranding. It's going to happen at some point. The team's going to continue the process of retiring the former name. They, They hope to have it gone and all the physical and digital spaces they have in the next 50 days. Of course, they'll have it by the September 13th regular season opener against the Philadelphia Eagles. It'll be gone. If you are a fan of the Madden series on Xbox or PlayStation, uh, there will be a title update that will eradicate it. So it'll be gone there as well. When they say digital spaces, that includes the video game and, and everything. There's really no time to change it on the physical copies that are going to go out. So if you buy a physical copy, there'll be a title update. Once you connect online, it will update your game. And Washington Redskins will be eradicated from the game. It'll be Washington football team. I don't think we're going to see a logo anytime. This is going to be an entire season without a a logo. I don't think they're going to go midstream and go, okay, we're now the Washington... And yeah, You put your own name there. Also, speaking of names, and I'm really excited about this. The Seattle NHL team bringing the league up to 32 teams. The Seattle NHL team today debuting their name and their image, their logos. It's going to be. The Kraken. That's going to be their mascot, or at least the name of the team. They will be known as the Seattle Kraken. This is a name that has come up. If you followed this, you know. If you haven't, let me catch you up a little bit on it. Kraken has been one of those names that have come up for several times now as a possibility. The fans of this franchise have really spoken to this. It was more uh, a uh, the, the franchise is listening to their fans. The league was on board with it. They were actually looking to maybe go and be called the Seattle Metropolitans because there was a Stanley Cup winner in Seattle a long, long time ago. First American team to win the Stanley Cup, if I, if I understand, if I remember correctly. I, mean, I wasn't there. I'd have to check with uh, Woody Woodrum, Bill Cornwell. They were probably there. I wasn't there in, at the turn of the century. But the Seattle Kraken, the name, the league liked it. And so the NHL's 32nd team will begin the 2122 season. The arena is under construction as we speak. Release the Kraken. That's going to be a great cheer. The logo's pretty cool. I know some online a few of a minority that I've encountered and again, this is all anecdotal. I'm not going to use the uh, the musings of a few people who have access to Twitter or Facebook as the ultimate barometer of these things. But it's, a, it's an S logo. And that's in honor of the Seattle Metropolitans. It also had an S logo for Seattle. Also, it has a tentacle in it. There's a red eye in it. And their secondary mark is an anchor. If you look at that secondary mark, the top portion of the anchor is stylized, of course, this is a stylized anchor of the space needle. If you look at the space needle, yeah, you can see the resemblance there. It's stylized, of course, but the anchor has a space needle incorporated in it. And it's pretty cool as far as uh, logos concerned, this thing could have gone terribly wrong. The team didn't want to have sort of a, a cartoon character. They didn't want to have a character. And I completely get that. Now, with that said, I do love me some minor league hockey. There are so many cool logos in minor league hockey. And, you know, I'm a Manitoba Moose fan because of the Manitoba Moose. That's one of my favorite hockey. I'm not a fan of Manitoba because of anything they've done on on the ice. It's just because... They're the Manitoba Moose, and I love the name Manitoba Moose. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like the Cincinnati Cyclones because that's Cincinnati's uh, minor league hockey team. I, I love I love the Cyclone logo. I mean, if you remember the old school Cyclone logo, it looks like something maybe I drew up in MS Paint. It was cool, though. It really was. And I love minor league hockey. I really do. It's because of the logos. I mean, I like minor league sports, period, because again, the logos you can have some fun with the logos there. But uh, the Seattle Kraken, that'll be your newest team in the NHL. Uh, I'm already thinking that's my number two team. Of course, uh, I got to go with my New York Rangers for uh, many reasons. But if I'm looking for a number two team, I'm looking for a West Coast team. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Seattle's going to be my number two team. You know, right now, it's, it's Vegas. Vegas was my number two. But uh, Vegas might drop the three. We've got so much time, and we've got so much playoff hockey coming up, and we got the NBA and MLB, and we're going to get into all of that. Uh, we're going to talk college with you here when we come back because, as I mentioned, tomorrow could be the day, the first major domino to fall, or it could be really the moment where we see the direction of college athletics for at least the immediate f- future. And that's where we're going to be, and we're going to talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Tomorrow might be the big day for college athletics. It it could at least be the first domino to set a chain of events off because tomorrow the NCAA Board of Governors will be voting and it could really hamper what the football plans are for all of FBS college football. The NCAA Board of Governors they're scheduled to consider voting on whether to cancel fall championships. Now, one source told CBS Sports on the report that I'm citing that it is the only agenda item for the NCAA's highest governing body. That means that's it. That's all they're talking about. That's the decision they're going to make, to cancel or continue on with fall championships. Now, the NCAA... Give them credit. They were pretty quick on canceling the NCAA basketball tournament. They were fairly focused and clear on spring sports. There's not been much as far as them dawdling. They haven't been trying to kick the can down the street, push it back a little bit. No, they've been pretty clear on what they want to do. Now this is the board of governors. This is the uh, of the bodies of the NCAA. This is this is where the power is. And this could be detrimental in college football from the standpoint if you have all the other sports because again, the football schools, the FBS schools, they all operate under kingdoms and serfdoms and city states and they just do what they want. The Power Five, uh, as um, the Commissioner Conference USA, Judy McLeod, has called them uh, early on when we discussed it with her, the Autonomy Five. She doesn't like giving them the moniker of the Power Five. So the Autonomy Five, you know, they're running around doing what they want to do. It wouldn't be a good look on their part if there's college football being played, at, you know, multiple institutions, if it's being played, or you're having all this going on while – Every other sport, well, there's no fall championship. And this could open the door as well because if you're not playing for a fall championship, are you playing for conference championships? Some conferences could go, okay, we can open this back up. There's a possibility here that something could come down the line in the future. But if there's no fall championships, then why are you playing soccer? Why are you playing volleyball? Why are you playing everything else, right? I mean, what what are you playing for? and this could be the NCAA's way to saying look we're we're not going to have uh we're not going to have fall championships. Can't tell you football school's what to do, but eh, you're not going to get to play everything else here. So it's going to be interesting to watch this tomorrow because it's not cut and dry, it's not black or white. You could have a situation where the NCAA when it comes to their their authority, their power, their clout. When it comes to football, the NCAA has squandered that. Seriously. What power or authority does the NCAA have, really? With FBS playing the bowl system, there, there's no championship. There's no real championship in college football whatever you want to call it, it's not a real championship because it is limited. Not all conference champions in college football are invited. It is pretty much a limited system, and even then, one Power Five champion could get excluded. Two could get excluded. So there's possibility here that the NCAA in this decision could not intentionally, but it could assert itself once again, have a little bit more authority and say, because it's not a good look. If if you're not having fall sports championships, why are you doing college football? Now, of course, the arguments are going to be, well, college football, it it generates the revenue. College football funds the athletic departments. College football pays for this stuff. Well, if you're, if you're looking at it from a financial standpoint, then, You're going to see a lot of conferences try to figure out how to pull this off. Because without college football, a lot of these athletic departments don't exist. I mean, fair. Because again, it's not a situation where you're making a lot of money and you've got a nice little nest egg here. It's we make this money, we spend this money. Some programs are breaking even, some programs are losing. Programs that are pulling in lots of revenue are spending it as fast as they pull it in. Facilities, again, I go back to Alabama's locker rooms they, they unveiled the other day, and they're nice. Alabama's locker rooms are nicer than most of your houses. Seriously. Those kids in their locker room, that's probably going to be the nicest place that they have ever changed their clothes in. It probably will be unless you get to the NFL, and we're talking some of the newer facilities here. And even then, I don't know if it's going to be that plush. And that's where the money's going, because they got so much of it coming in, they got to spend it, right? It's a recruiting tool. Look at what we have here. And so it's imperative that college football, from the financial standpoint, gets played. The NCAA, I think the NCAA is coming at this from more of the All right, what's best for our student-athletes? And you mean to tell me if it's not okay to play for a fall championship in these sports, but it's okay to play for a fall championship here? You see the logic? What makes it okay to put these kids at risk here, where you're not going to put these kids over here in these non-revenue sports? And then college basketball, that's another argument altogether. That's going to be a completely different beast. I mean, will college basketball have to adjust? Will college basketball have to push back the season? I mean, it's a different beast altogether. You're inside. You're indoors. We're college basketball. With college football, you can say, look, hey, we can socially distance. We're going to be outside. You can't get past the contact portion of it. With college basketball, Yeah, you don't have the same luxury the NBA does because the NBA is playing in a bubble. I don't know how you're going to quarantine these kids, and I don't know how you're going to do it. That's the big concern here. We're not talking about we're in a situation where this thing has been mitigated and we got a great handle on this, and you know we can pull this off. It's we don't know right now. So it's coming to that line where that line's going to be crossed, and we're going to find out. And maybe tomorrow we're going to find out. Will this begin, the domino effect, and will we start seeing more and more of these conferences get on board or these athletic directors? Have you have you been following what is at least coming out of Old Dominion? Have you been following that? If you're not following Harry Minium on Twitter, and if you're not... You're not keeping up with a lot of things that happen in Conference USA, for one. I'm just going to read a little bit from something he put out there. And if you're following me on Twitter, you probably saw it. I, I, I retweeted it. And he tweeted out there, and this was one of those, if you if you missed it. So if you missed it, this was what the athletic director, Wood Seelig said, quote, in all honesty— until there is a vaccine, I think we're just kidding ourselves into thinking that it's going to be safe to hold athletic events and that we're going to be okay. Again, let me read that one more time for you. Athletic director, Wood Sealing. In all honesty, I think we're just kidding ourselves into thinking that it's going to be safe to hold athletic events and that we're going to be okay. And this is from an athletic director in Conference USA. I don't know what the conversations are looking like in Conference USA, but if that's a voice in the room, is it the only voice or will more of the voices sound like that? I mean, already the Sun Belt Conference announced that it's going to delay the start of fall sports until September 3rd. First football game scheduled for September 5th, so they're pushing everything back right now. You don't know when fall sports are going to happen at Marshall. Go on the website right now, pull up a fall schedule. There's nothing there. Football's there. But again, until we find out that there's not going to be football, the athletic department has been operating under the assumption or operating under the premise that until otherwise told, there's going to be football and we're going to have a football game in August between Marshall and East Carolina to kick off this season. So that's how the program has been operating, and that's how most, if not all, of college athletic directors have been approaching, or at least the athletic departments have been approaching, college football. Until otherwise told, this is happening. Now, we're getting to that point where we might be otherwise told. Or, you could see the NCAA not tip this domino over, maybe push this back a little bit. I mean, think about it. This is going to be the first major domino to fall from the NCAA. And if that's the case, then you might see, honestly, you might see how the other conferences react quickly. It might not be a good look. It might not be a smart thing to do. Or... You might see the football conferences say, look, okay, we got to do this. We have to play. We've got plans in place. We're going to limit our schedule. Maybe we're going to play a conference schedule only. That could come out. That could be the more prevalent thing that happen. I mean, the Big Ten already decided, look, we're, we're not waiting. This is how we're going to operate. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way, and we're not waiting. And now there could be some adjustment there, but – you're still traveling, and that's the other thing you got to keep in mind here. You're still traveling. You're still going from place to place. But that was one of the reasons why Toronto is looking for a home. This is one of the reasons why, because of the travel considerations. They couldn't land in Pittsburgh because, well, wait a minute, no, no, we don't need all that extra. And in Canada, they couldn't play because we don't need all that extra. You traveling to the United States and back and those teams traveling into Canada and back because, of course, America, the United States, is considered a hotbed for COVID-19. So travel is an issue as well. So is it going to be safe to travel in large quantities? How, how is that going to be handled? I mean, that's so much of the argument here, and again, you know, there are reasons why you can pull this off, and there are reasons why you can't pull this off. But ultimately, it's going to come down to what happens. At least with the NCAA, it's going to come down to what they deem is permissible. And when it comes to fall sports, if there are no fall championships, that's going to be the first domino. And again, college is different than the pros. The NFL more or less, is going to be looking at Major League Baseball to see how Major League Baseball pulls this off. The NHL and the NBA have decided to play in hub cities and play in controlled environments to get the season finished. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, it's been a long wait, but I'm excited to see some baseball, and I'm excited to see some hockey, and I'm excited to see the NBA. And trust me, it's going to be a... A gluttony of sports for the next few months. We're going to have an amazing August. We're going to have an amazing August. And, as my producer reminds me, uh, we're going to have hockey on my birthday. I mean, that's that, that's just the—we're going to have baseball on my birthday. Hot, well, we always have baseball on my birthday. But we're going to have hockey on my birthday. We're going to have the NBA on my birthday, I'm sure. I don't have the schedule there. We're, we're going to have it. I'm just going to—hey, you guys can come by the house, bring cake. Um, just leave it on my porch. Bring gifts, leave it on the porch. Wear your masks. Stay six feet apart from me and drop your gifts off. I mean, that'll be cool. And uh, I'm gonna be watching. Uh, I'm gonna be watching all day sports. We're gonna take your phone calls at 420 877-420, Talk 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's the Drive. ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. A couple of highlights from Marshall football today. First of all, Marshall tight end Xavier Gaines, named to the 2020 Paul Horning Award preseason watch list. So congratulations to him. Hopefully there's some football for us to watch and see him on the list. And then, of course, the... Um, College Football Premier Award for Community Services, the Werfel Trophy, and the greatest Conference USA running back ever, or at least when his career is going to be over, it will be. Brendan Knox. I'm just going to – I'm putting it out there right now. Greatest Conference USA running back when his career is done. Greatest. Let me say it again so you can isolate the soundbite, Spencer. Spencer. Brendan Knox, when his career is over, will be the greatest running back in this league. There you go. You, you have it isolated. All right. Good good job. It'll be on the podcast. People can find it. Don't worry. You don't have to isolate it there, but I, I thought it'd be helpful to you here. Look, what, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Am I going to say that Brendan Knox isn't going to be the greatest? Am I going to put someone else's name out there and not represent my guy? Not necessarily. Not Kane Madden, my guy. Not not that. Not that, my guy. But my guy, Brendan Knox? You might be putting a little too much pressure on his name. You don't think he can handle it? I mean, I think he can handle it, but, I mean, you might just be putting a little too much pressure on him. You, um... I need to let you talk more because you bang that mic a lot. You don't have like good mic skill right well, there. Well, it's this mic. I'm I've been using a different mic all week. Oh, oh, oh a, a different mic all week. Okay. All right. I'm no, I'm putting pressure team. on him. You know what? I'm putting pressure on him. To be the greatest conference USA running back ever. I'm putting pressure on him. I mean, I'm gonna represent my guy. Not again, not my guy, Kane Madden. There's a difference. <laughs> have we established it he's the he's the my guy? Uh, I don't know. Does that mantle pass to him? I mean, because Levi Brown was my guy. Does that pass? Maybe the Will Omer. Does Omer maybe have have ownership of that? I need to talk to Omer. Say, hey, look. Does it go to you? At better yet, you know what? We need to ask Levi Brown. He might not want to give it up. He's like, look, no, I'm I'm still the guy. He can still say he's the guy. But uh, some good news coming out of uh, Marshall today with those watch lists. Uh, at least for the time being, we sort of feel like we're uh, we're living a, a normal cadence here. I don't know if you follow uh, the herd on social media as much as some, but, boy, they were in the ice baths today. Uh, they were in the buckets they don't have those fancy ice tubs. Uh, apparently, those were some gigantic big trash cans. With, it looked like with the with the water and the ice buckets in there. Spencer. Well, my understanding is Uh-oh. that they were trying to be socially distant. No, I get it. No, I know. I get They it. weren't trying to overuse the same ice bucket. That's mm. the thing. That's what I read from that. That's what I got from that. I release. got you. Understand? Again, your mic skills terrible. You're making sounds with that. I'm sorry. Okay, work on that. Your internship grade depends on it. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. North Texas is going to be pushing back the start of fall sports. We'll talk about that. The revised Pac-12 football schedule, when does that start? We'll talk about that, and we'll get your phone calls in when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. North Texas, one of Marshall's conference mates, uh, going to be pushing back the start Of its fall sports season. To at least September 1st. That means. Soccer. Volleyball. Going to be impacted. The announcement came down. uh, Late Wednesday. They notified schools. and The teams they were scheduled to play in August. Soccer there. Now going to open up the regular season. September 3rd. They had. Five games in August. They were set to play. Now. To qualify this, the decision to push back the start of the fall sports won't affect the football team because, again, that's September 5th, so at least September 1st. They're giving themselves some opportunity here. And uh, this is uh, coming from the Denton Record Chronicle. Uh, Ren Baker said in a statement announcing the move, we believe synchronizing the start times of our fall sports will give us the best opportunity for success and for having as much information as possible before competitions occur on campus. Again, pushing the fall sports back. Today, July 23rd, we're pushing the fall sports back to September. And for the most part, that's the line that the football schools are giving themselves. Push and fall back. Because you can, you're ultimately at the end of the day, the impact is not going to be major on the on the finances for fall sports. The finances are going to be fine. You're you're going to be all right. Push back football, okay? Then we're talking here, and we're at the point now where again, there's no uniform voice. There's no consistent voice. There's no Overarching unified plan here. Big twelve presidents could delay fall sports decisions. Um this is um story that came out from Hook'em. And two more weeks. We're looking at maybe two more weeks or longer before the Big Twelve makes any definitive decision. And again. This is coming from Texas Tech President Lawrence uh, Shinovich. I apologize. Um, He said that league presidents generally want to play a full 12-game season. Still, the league must be prepared to pivot should circumstances change surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Said that the um, presidents are ready to let fall practice begin as scheduled on August 7th and could still make a change said that television money is not the driving force here, but Fox and ESPN pay the league based on an inventory of 57 games. A conference-only schedule is just 46. You can't ignore those facts. At least he's coming out and saying it. Look, money's not the driving force, but, oh, by the way, if we go conference-only, we only have 46 games, and our... Our pay is based on 57. So we're we're good. We want to play a full 12-game season. Other conferences, uh, non-conference games, those will probably be determined, of course, by the other leagues specific to the schools on the schedule, but at least he's coming out and saying it. Hey, money's not the driving issue, but it is. That's how I take it. I take it that way. Money is not the driving issue, but it is. Because he's concerned about the inventory. All decisions made with student safety in mind, however, TV money, not an issue, but it is because we lose a whole bunch of games if we go conference only. And we get paid based on an inventory of 57 games. So that's what he's saying, and that's what the Big Twelve's looking to do. Again, the dominoes could start falling tomorrow. We could be a few weeks into this. Uh, the Pac-12, as you know, one of those leagues that decided to go conference only. They'll have their um, their schedule probably next week is what they're announcing. They. Um, they're assuming that there's going to be some success in the next month or two, according to a report coming out. Uh, this is from the Mercury News. And what they're assuming is that um, there will be some some victories here. The conference canceled all non-conference games. However, um, they're looking at um, several models, and, and they're hoping that maybe they can get this thing going. again if you're going to do this thing, maybe the best way to do it is condensed. Just as condensed as possible. Eight games will let you condense it. Eight games is probably the preferred number, minimum number. You're looking at eight. Ten, I think you're doing all right if you can get ten. As far as your bottom line here, you're looking at eight, though, here from the Pac-12. And you're looking at the, the Big 12. They They want all of them. They want all the football. Because... They're looking at their TV money. Honestly, it doesn't come down to, hey, um, you know, we're going to push these things back here. It's, hey, we really, we really want to wait and see and wait until the very last minute here because, well, uh, we got a lot of games on TV, and that's where our TV money is coming from. Not that we're doing this because of TV money, no, mind you. Even though, hey, we need all these games. That's where we're at right there with that. So no uniform direction here when it comes to all this. You know, are these kids going to be safe? Are these kids not going to be safe? Is it going to be better to push this thing back? Is it going to be better to maybe just not have the season? Is there going to be major blowback if you push it back? Will athletic departments survive if you don't have it? They're all issues that need to be resolved because it's just easy for anyone to say, hey, just don't have this thing. No, forget this. Don't have it. When the difference here, the, the pro leagues are finding a way to make it work because they have the greater authority. They're run like a business. They're run in a way as long as you get the players on board with them the players have say and here's the other thing the college college athlete doesn't have say where's the where's the voice for the college student where's the voice there where's the where's the group that's representing the the interest of the student athlete where is that voice where is that group it doesn't exist you I mean all these decisions are being made even though you say Student safety is important, but these decisions are being made and there's not major input from the the young men and women who you're actually putting out there, putting on the field of play, putting out there on the court, putting out there to play these games. You're banking on getting these games and hopefully keeping them safe, but you're not really involving them in the process. That's something I think you need to overcome as well. Because, at least with hockey, football, NFL, NHL, NFL, Major League Baseball, soccer even, NBA, the players have had a voice in how this thing is being handled. Some have had louder voices. Some have had to really hammer home what they're trying to do. There's been a lot of Conversations back and forth, a lot of dissension, a lot of bumpy roads, but so far the Pro Leagues have figured it out at this point. And coming up, we're going to have the resumption of baseball. Pre-game begins coming up next here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 between the Washington Nationals and the New York Yankees. Looking forward to that, and you can listen to that. And Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. All season long, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 934. Our producer, Spencer Dupuis. I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in back tomorrow for the Friday edition. Until then, good night, everyone.